Welcome to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the -the on-the-ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. Good morning, everybody. It's Sally here, and it's time for Serviced Accommodation Secrets. I hope you're all well this morning. So it's Friday instead of Thursday afternoon for me, which is unusual. And so welcome. And this time it's all about uh, pricing and your rates at the request of Emma. Emma Howitt, who actually I saw on Facebook last night. Well done, Emma. She's got her second SA unit got a great booking for £500 already and now she says she's got one night available and then a one-year booking which is awesome. So I imagine you've already tackled the problem of, um, well not the problem, the the way to work out your pricing and your rates for a long-term stay uh, because you've got one now because uh, that was Emma's question. So thinking about how you price your service accommodation, especially thinking about long-term bookings. And I've got five points I'm going to go through today. And these hopefully will help you if you're thinking about A, having long-term bookings, but B, also using your service department or house in a certain way with a lower occupancy, but a higher rate. And there are ways that you can add fees and maximise your revenue all different ways as well. So I'll go into those. Good morning, Marion. I hope you're well. Good to see you. So the first thing is that your rate needs to cover your overhead plus your it needs to include profit at the rate that you want to have. And so that sounds really easy, doesn't it? And you want to be doing a cash flow forecast in advance of taking on your SA property so that you know what you're anticipating. And then once you're live, you can gauge that against what you're actually getting. And if you're anything like us, we are quieter in the winter. We have dips at the moment. It's completely mental and we're 100% occupied. Um, but you know, we, you will have peaks and troughs and the ideal thing is to have a constant revenue, but there are different ways of going about it. So second thing is your pricing versus your occupancy. So I'm going to look into that. Um, the third thing is long-term bookings, in my view, are the way forward um, because of various reasons that I'll go through, one of them being lower overheads and less randomity. So it's easier to plan and therefore more cost-effective all round. Uh, The fourth thing is that you can uh, have lower, sorry, you can charge extra fees. So you may have your rental rate and then add-ons to that too. So I'll go into what those are. And the fifth thing is that if you have a corporate client, whether it's direct or through a corporate agent, then you need to bear bear in mind a few things and when working out the rate that you're going to be charging for that. Because it's a bit different than if you've got back-to-back booking.com or Airbnb bookings, for example. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Sergio. Good to see you guys. So let's go into some of these a little bit more deeply. So 
it sounds obvious, doesn't it? Your prices per night need to cover your overheads plus deliver the profit that you want. And we work out in advance what we um, know to be our overheads and therefore what we need to cover plus a percentage of profits. And you can vary the percentage that you require and model that with your occupancy so that you know you've got a benchmark of what to charge and you'll know your break-even point, you'll know you know when you're going to start making a loss and then you'll know the percentage of profit on top of that. So you have to model that data in a spreadsheet really, I feel, to know what it is because you may have somebody come to you and say, you know, I want to stay for three months and you need to know what rate you can charge as your absolute minimum uh, obviously you don't want to just be charging minimum but you don't want to be charging too little and that would tell you and so you need to also have a calculator so what we have is uh, an excel spreadsheet again and it's got all the properties and we have a winter rate we have a standard rate we have a bank holiday rate and we can put in the number of guests and the number of nights they're staying and then work out what rate we can give because we can give a discount. Now, of course, if you're thinking about um, online travel agents and booking.com, for example, you're going to be giving away commissions. So you need to bear that in mind. Whereas if people come to you directly for rate quotes, then, you know, you can give them a bit of a discount there. And particularly if they're staying solidly for three months, then you could have a standard discount that you offer, but you might not necessarily offer that immediately. But there are different things to balance within that because you might work out your rate and what you need to charge based on your costs and uh, you know you might be rent to rent as we are so we have rent to cover we have business rates we have all the utilities broadband etc and linen cleaning etc but equally you've got to be competitive within the market that you are in so the area that you're in what are similar properties charged out at so we've got one bed apartments we've got two bed apartments you want to make sure that you're actually charging a realistic rate for your target market and i'll go into a few different exceptions to that as well but yeah so if you're charging a similar rate to others around you um or a bit more that's all good i don't compete on price and obviously there are ways that you can maximize occupancy to a certain degree by offering um you know a good deal to people but pricing isn't the be all and end all because then you get into a price war and you end up renting out rooms for 40 pounds a night which is not going to make anyone any money so you have to really strike a balance of being similar to people in the area but make sure that you're offering brilliant service accommodation and you've got an edge that you feel that you can charge more for um, because people quite often if they see something really cheap they, it kind of devalues it so don't devalue what you're offering but make sure that you are reasonably competitive so if your prices are double somebody who's really similar obviously people are going to go for what's um, half the price so it's all about balancing that and 
of course the commission is a huge chunk so make sure you put that into your calculations also if people pay you directly by bank transfer then that is going to save you the percentage that you won't have to pay on your merchant like strike for example so make sure you've got all those figures in so number two i'd go for um pricing versus occupancy which one are you going to go for are you going to look to be 100 percent occupied with a year-long booking like emma or six months bookings three months are you going to look for that sort of thing or are you going to look for more high-end perhaps lower occupancy where you add in uh, rates that will increase your revenue for additional guests so i know some people in the community are looking at quite low occupancy really but they're looking to have a large number of guests at one time and what you can do is charge additionally per extra guest and if you're particularly high-end then you'll want to charge um, considerably more because it's you know what's expected in that area in that sector of the market but also you know your costs are higher and you're going to have to keep that property really totally immaculate compared to what perhaps a contractor might expect not to devalue contractors because obviously they want really decent clean accommodation but there is a difference there and so some people want to have full occupancy but i've been asked to watch your occupancy but it's not just about that you need to be charging enough when you're occupied in order to get the revenue in and to be making actual profit so make sure you don't actually just have 100% occupancy with a, a one-year booking but actually you're not making money so that's really important because then you're locked in for a whole year so really important to to gauge that and so occupancy pricing really just balance that so that you make sure that you're on top of that because in a way um you know if you've got lots of bookings in one week say if you've got a minimum night stay of two nights but you have uh, three separate bookings your overhead's higher than if you have a single one week booking so think about your market and whether you want to offer one night we actually do currently because we have a lot of people who are booking for more than one person before they go to um, Gatwick for example so we didn't really expect to do that but um, we didn't want to do that because we were trying to avoid things like parties but actually because we um, take ID and we do a lot of due diligence with the guests signing T's and C's we feel happy enough to do that usually there are a few exceptions we've had to deal with and um, it's actually a test we're doing and it seems to be working quite well because we might get five guests at once and because we charge per extra guest it means that our revenue is still high and it's worth doing it plus we well i'll go into extra fees but we we tack on the cleaning separately so if you um have say a one night stay obviously you've got to have more linen you've got to have more cleaning done so you've got to have your team available so a lot more overheads there in terms of uh you know managing that the operational side and probably a bit more marketing there so that brings me on to number three i think personally that long-term bookings are the way to go and we do advertise on booking.com we do have quite a lot of booking.com guests at the moment and airbnb but increasingly um, we're getting bookings through corporate agents like situ and the comparison 
from a management point of view, because we do self-manage, is quite huge. So you have a lot of randomity with with booking.com guests. Hi, G. Hi, guys who are coming in. Good to see you there. Hope you're well. So you have a lot of randomity with these guests who are only coming for a short stay, or even if they're coming through booking.com, but they've got a slightly um, more vague anticipation of how long they're there, then that makes it harder for you. So you've got to make sure your team's available at short notice, which I mentioned. You've got to manage your linen quotas, which can be a challenge and um, things can happen like you think. Um, okay, our linen is supposed to be X amount of king size duvets. Why do we have none? This kind of thing can happen like yesterday. And so stuff can go on. And so from a management point of view, it takes more of your time or your property manager's time. It means that you've got more uh, wear and tear really coming in and out. And um, you've got more um, logistics to organize things like changing key safe codes, check-ins, people unfamiliar with the property. And uh, you've got planning all of these things and you've got commission to pay as well and all of your marketing. So marketing to um, booking.com clients and everything, it's, it's the way forward to get them to keep coming as well as obviously good reviews and contacting them directly afterwards. And that's really what we've done more so up until now. We've contacted people like, um, you know, business clients and guests afterwards and they come back for repeat bookings because they're really happy. But actually what I'd really like is to have the longer term booking through an agent. I'm happy with that because they get commission, but they're working in an area where you're going to have uh, guests staying who know the school, they know where everything is, you can predict your cleaning rotor, um, they're more familiar with the property, the area, the layout, so you've got less um, FAQs, you've got less inquiries coming in, and you will need a channel manager still, but your property management and the time spent is going to be reduced drastically. And if you think about it, a lot of us are uh, business operators in service accommodation, but also we do our own um, sales and marketing. And I'm not trained in sales, but these guys in the corporate agents, they're actually trained in that. And if I was to bring on a dedicated salesperson, which would be the ideal thing, they'd probably start off being paid on commission, on a commission basis. So if you think about it, with corporate agents like Situ, Silverdor, uh, Bridge Street, those sorts of people, we're getting um, uh, involved with Bridge Street and they say there's a lot of demand in our area, for example. So if you can get those people... Uh, working with you, then they do your sales, they do all of that area. And so you're paying them commission a bit like you would if you had your own salesperson. Uh, but you're leveraging them, you know, leveraging the corporate agents, and they're brilliant. And they're great to talk to about demand in your area, like looking to take on more properties as well, which I found really valuable. So starting to build a really good rapport with those people. And I think as well, uh, one of the risks if you go direct to a company is that if a person leaves that you have contact with, um, then you may lose that client unless you can keep building that. And I was chatting to one of the guys, um, Richard, in the um, SA marketing area about that yesterday. He's suggesting different ways that you can keep contact with those people and with those companies when staff move on. 
But even so, if you've just got contact with that company, then you know, you haven't got that constant sales and marketing process. It's personal, which is great, but the sales and marketing is something that the corporates are really, corporate agents are really good at doing to that client base. So I really do think that's the way forward. And if you think about somebody like Emma, who's now got a one year booking, then that's awesome. That's sorted. And I'll come back to something in point five about that. That's a slight risk, but I think really that is, that is the way forward really and it also means that you can do service cleans your maintenance and everything is nice and steady it's just a more constant regular cycle so number four um, is all about extra fees and so extra fees you can charge your cleaning and linen separately um, whether it's through an OTA or whether it's um, direct booking you can say it's going to be x amount per night but also we need to charge this separately. Hi Vicky, hope you're well. Good to see you the other weekend. So we need to have a longer catch up, don't we? And so you can charge these things separately, which has two benefits. So one, um, it doesn't count as part of your uh, revenue in terms of like, for example, on booking.com, if you charge your cleaning separately, when it comes to your um, actual commission or amount, it will be whatever the nightly rate is. And then the cleaning fee will be separate and you're not charged commission on that. And you can have that as an expense within your business separately as well. And so it's not eating into your nightly rate. And the same if you have linen externally. So that's one thing. Uh, you can also have additional fees per additional guest. Now, sometimes you might have done this and thought, oh, it's such a hassle because people sometimes just don't know that you do this so we've had particularly in airbnb guests will book uh, an apartment a two-bed apartment and then we'll discover that two people were staying there not just the one that was booked and that's fine um usually we say you probably didn't realize but actually there's an additional charge for an extra guest now that's twofold so it means that you're getting extra income but also you're covering additional costs that an extra guest incurs. Because if you think about it, if you have even just one guest, you've got more linen costs. If you have, you know, five people, because we've got room for six actually in our two beds, then they're going to be using more electricity, water and all of those things as well. And so you've got additional outgoings to so bear that in mind. And one of the reasons that we do charge it as well is because it means that although uh, they get a great rate for one person, um, compared to having two separate hotel rooms, it's still cheaper that we charge an extra £30 for one extra guest. So it's a win-win. It's not to penalise people. It's a win-win. So they're getting a great rate because it's only £30 per additional person on top of the nightly rate. But equally, we're getting um, additional revenue and that adds to our profit covers costs. Hi, Dave. Good to see you. Hope you're well. Thanks for your message. Hope things uh, start going really brilliantly for you. I'm sure they will. So the extra fees are really important and that really helps us. So as I was saying, with our one night bookings that we're testing, because we used to always have a two night minimum, uh, we can have sort of five, six guests. And that means that it's worth doing the one night stays. Whereas if it's one person, it is worth doing with the cleaning fee, etc. But it's it's far less 
common for people to book one night, one person at the moment. So we're seeing how that goes. If it became more common that it was one person for the one night stays, we probably would stop doing it and go back to a two night stay. But it works quite well because we've had quite a lot of Monday to Friday corporate bookings. And then at the weekends, you can get these one nights here and there for these groups. So, and also for the fact of people searching, which so I'm slightly digressing, but if people are searching in an online travel agent and they only put in one guest, if um, your minimum is two or three nights, then your property actually won't show up as being available. So that was one of the main things too. Okay, so those are the extra fees. And the final thing is for your corporate bookings, um, really plan out your rate that you offer because the temptation will be to cut it and slash it right down because you know that you're not going to be paying your online travel agent commission. But just be careful with it because they will have quite similar properties usually at similar rates. So make sure that you're not priced too low or too high because you don't want to price yourself out on the market. But quite often I find when we give them quotes, if there are additional guests, they're not wildly keen on the extra person being charged more. So you have to make sure that you're giving a rate that will still be profitable for you. And if needs be, you're going to have to add on their commission rather than subtracting it from your rate. Because the worst thing would be you think, brilliant, I've got this awesome six month booking or year, whatever it is. And then it turns out that you're not actually making enough money um, because you gave them too, too good a quote. So bear in mind the percentages that are charged. So, um, you know, if you had a direct booking, you're not going to be paying the commission, but you're going to be paying um, potentially uh, through Stripe for your the merchant rate. So that might be 1.4, 2.8, whatever it is. But also um, it may be that they will pay straight into your bank account by BAX transfer. So that gets rid of that. Uh, also, it could be 15% plus VAT on their commission. So don't forget the VAT. You might also be VAT registered quite quickly. Now, VAT's not something I know that much about. We're um, getting advice about this. But if you have a longer term booking, um, I believe, so do your due diligence on that. Don't take my word for it. But I believe the first month is ratable and thereafter it changes. So there can be a benefit there. So think about how you're building your relationship with your corporate agent and what they expect from you. So you will have a standard cancellation policy. They'll have policies to do with things like deposits, breakages, that kind of thing. Um, they might say to you, can we have an inventory that the guest signs? Because some of them come from overseas, so they might not um, be used to how service accommodation operates. You know, if your hob gets broken or there's a massive um, spillage on the carpet, you know, you need to know that before that, it wasn't like it, that sort of thing. So you've got a few things. I'm, I'm going off rates a little bit, but make sure you manage the financial aspects of that. Who's responsible for what in terms of fixing things like that, you know, that happen. And they will obviously expect maintenance to be done, 24-hour cover, all linen, service clean, all those kinds of things. They might like a welcome pack as well, but they might not because some people get an allowance from their company. Um, one chap we've had keep coming back at the moment, he just likes milk. So we give him milk for when he arrives because it means he doesn't have to go and get it and things like that. So anything that makes life easier, um, personal touches that actually make 
the corporate guests want to come back to you and they'll actually recommend you to their company to say, I want to be booked in there. So that puts you above the, the competition. But if you can do small things that don't cost you a huge amount of money, but make a real difference to the guests, that, that's huge. And we found that a chap's coming back to us and he specifically sent us a WhatsApp message, which was like a, a review that we could send to Situ. And they said, oh, that's awesome. And he's come back twice now. Well, once and he's coming back again. So that's really awesome. So just think about those little things that you can do to help people. And, you know, additional things that you might provide or might not provide. So start off things like detergent and maybe a clothes area that we don't normally have. Just little things like that. Just make sure they're available. So small cost things. But then, you know, they'll be expecting to, to buy the bulk of their uh, groceries, etc. But yeah, just make sure that it's win-win is what I'm saying there. Because you want the corporate guests to have a brilliant stay and to want to come back. You want the corporate agent to be really happy because they've organised service accommodation with a brilliant provider. And uh, you yourself want to be making a profit as well. And so the only extra thing I was going to say about having long-term bookings is that if it is directly with a, with a client, there can be a slight risk there in that, um, if, say, the company has uh, a contract or even a head office in a certain area and that contract ends or they decide they're moving out of a certain location, then that can mean that your booking will get cancelled for the year and or the rest of the year. And then you may or may not have continued marketing being visible um, in other areas. So you don't want to end up with like no guests and the winds of space. So bear in mind that you want to constantly be visible. Um, and usually we wouldn't get a guest paying up front for a whole year, wouldn't have thought. You might be able to get um, a few months, but usually I would have thought they'd pay and then you'll get a monthly invoicing going on, you know, ahead of time whatever the arrangement is that you can do. I would certainly get payment in advance um, if you possibly can. But companies are usually pretty good about paying. They can just be a little bit slow. So just keep on top of that and make sure you've got agreements. And they quite often will have finance departments. So it's not like, um, you know, you might not have to speak to one single person um, about the booking and then also about the, the money. So that's one thing. Um, for example, we where we are, I've been trying to get Canon on as a client for a little while because they're in Rygate, which is really near Red Hill. Uh, but they constantly use hotels and we needed to become an approved supplier. And the person I was dealing with then went on long-term sick and different things like that. And I haven't managed to get them on board. And now apparently they're moving out of their massive purpose-built office there. So... Not sure that there's going to be anyone coming. We also had contractors who were going to come every week till September and they booked the first few times and then something happened with their job and they didn't need it. So bear in mind that it's not risk-free and you're not home and dry. So don't just stop doing everything else if that happens and you're, you know, you work it well enough to get a really nice long-term booking. And, you know, because you want to still be available for other people, and you still want to have, a, you know, a presence felt. And I think that was everything to do with that. But yeah, just really make sure it's a win-win situation. Hi, Sherry-Anne. Good to see you. Hope you're really well. 
but the the idea of having this constant uh, longer term booking is one to strive for I feel and really think about working with corporate agents who will be your salespeople, leverage their experience. You may well get, so that's the final thing, I knew there's something else, you may well get direct bookings and there's always Google My Business. Make sure you're on Google because lots of people will search for you there. And um, We're um, emailing our guests to and asking them to give us reviews. And we used to say TripAdvisor, but now we're thinking Google My Business is a better place to get reviews because it's used so much. Haven't got um, to uh, grips with Google as um, hotels and all that sort of thing yet, but we are on Google. People will be able to find us there and find out more as well. So just to summarise the five tips, which I hope are helpful, um, we've got rates. So think about your rates to cover your overhead. Actually, I have just remember one more thing. So, um, price labs, rate genie, rate management. Think about those things, um, in terms of occupancy. Because if you have a rate that is, uh, going up when there's lots going on in your area, that's brilliant. So price labs and rate genie help to, um, automatically adjust your rates when there's a higher demand they'll go up which is great but also if they go very low and there's lower demand you really need to ensure that you're still covering your overhead because if your occupancy is high because you're using something like rate genie or or price labs um, that's great but it's not great if it's below what you need to make money so just really watch those things and I have to be completely honest, I have not got to grips with either of these things yet. So it's more a matter of monitoring rates in the area and seeing what's happen, happening with them and, you know, working in that area to make sure that we're charging the right amount and that we're not underpricing and undercharging. So I need to really get on top of which one we're going for. Hi, Louise. Brilliant to see you. Fabulous. Hope things are going really well for you. So yeah, rates, first thing, make sure it covers overhead plus the percentage profit that you want to make. Second thing, pricing versus occupancy. Make sure that you've got this in balance. You're not fully occupied, but not making enough revenue, that your occupancy isn't so low that you know, you're not making money again, but you could have lower occupancy, less wear and tear, but a higher rate. So make sure you've got that in balance. Number three, long-term bookings. Really feel that's the way forward. Your planning, your logistics, your overhead, all so much easier. Your guest experience is nice and smooth. Maintenance is nice, nice and smooth. It can just get very hectic with lots of random booking.com and Airbnb guests checking in, wanting the heating on this time of year plug holes not working because they don't know how it works and haven't got to grips with your manual. I guess that's another thing, you know, your guide. All of these things um, just take a lot of time operationally. So just makes life a lot easier. You can provide a brilliant service to guests who are staying long term. Four things, your extra fees. So extra rates per guest, um, additional guests that is still really good value compared to more hotel rooms than one, but gives you extra revenue, linen and cleaning you can add on. Also, you can think about, you know, your different affiliate um, sales as well. If you've got things like your welcome 
two we haven't actually now but you could do that and finally um make sure if you have long-term bookings whether it's direct or with a corporate agent that you are um, charging enough but giving a brilliant service and looking at it long term and what different things might be needed by the guests so that they want to keep coming back to you but also stay visible and don't just become complacent stay active in the marketplace so i hope all of that is helpful hi candice as well i will see you soon take care everyone and i'll see you again next time on service accommodation secrets if you've got comments any thoughts please post them in our facebook group or page service accommodation secrets bye sharing the secrets of success